Welcome, freaks, to Lifts and Riffs, episode number 16. I am Zach from Death Comes Lifting. This is Schuler from Death Drive 90.5. And this is our podcast about horror, metal, health and wellness, and everything in between. Yes, sir. Today we are going to be joined by Samantha Mobley of Frozen Soul, absolutely destroying the death metal scene right now with their first record, debut records called Crypt of Ice. Uh, We're going to get Sam on here in a little bit, but first in the meantime, man, what's been going on with you? Killing it up here in the death comes lifting realm all day, man. Just uh, practicing our yoga, meditation, health and wellness routines, listening to a lot of uh, old school death metal as always, man. And uh, staying busy as hell, man. How are you? You're in DC. You're You're about to get like rioted out or something. Yeah, dude, it's going to be amazing. I, I So like I went for a run this morning and there are, you know, there's like a few National Guard guys hanging around in our part of town, but not too many. The, okay. the drive into town, definitely see like military transports and shit all over the place. It's pretty wild. But like the biggest thing on my radar today, man, I'm going to be real with you, is tights. T-I-T-H-T-S, like tights? Yeah, HTS, check this shit out, dude. So I'm having to like retool my outdoor running routine to deal with like for real, real cold weather, which my ass is not used to. Welcome. And uh, my wife got me like a pair of like running tights, like jogging tights to put underneath my shorts when I run. Huge. Change, Change the game, man. Everything is different now. Brother. I have, we have death comes lifting like women's leggings and I wear them all the time under my shit when I'm going outside. So I might have to hook your ass up. I think, man, if you send me some women's leggings, it's strong enough for a man, but pH balanced for a woman, whatever the fuck. I can't remember exactly how that thing goes, but I will wear it. I don't give a shit. Like I understand now. I understand the popularity of yoga pants now. Like that shit is incredibly comfortable. Yeah, man. Welcome to the East coast. Kind of. Yeah. Welcome to yeah. the northern East Coast, I guess, colder weather. That's that's yeah. what's It's fucking cold outside up here, man. I heard somebody told me in D.C. right now there are more troops than in Iran and Afghanistan combined. They must be a little bit further down 14th. I'm uh, sure they are, man. Yeah, they uh, – it's, it's, you know, it's interesting. I'm sure that tomorrow to, – we are, we are recording this podcast on the 19th of January. It's a Tuesday tomorrow. Uh, is the inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden here in our nation's capital. The excitement is palpable. Um, Yeah, we're celebrating with frozen soul. What a better way to encapsulate that. Yeah, let's talk about like a, a, an opening salvo for 2021. That was the first like full length record of the year. I think that was on my radar. Me too. Huh? Me too, for sure. For, yeah. for January, I was looking forward to Frozen Soul and then Asphyx has a new one coming out on Friday. It's called Necrosaurus, which is fucking awesome. It's like, I don't know what it means, man. I mean, I do know, like, the literal yeah. translation is like death horn, but in my mind, I want it to be like a necrotic rhinoceros. Like, I think it is. Like, it- a rhino, like a rhino that's like black and like uh covered in chains and shit and like grave dirt i think that's fucking like, bad. like a zombie undead rhino from like a mad max world or something yes that's yes cool. samantha's in the waiting room bro she's in early let's get she's she's eager she's eager let's bring her in let's man bring her in man i'm so excited this is awesome let's talk to samantha from frozen soul see yes. how see how she gets Connection. The connection is probably okay in Antarctica, where she's coming from, live. She's connecting. We'll give her. We'll give her a minute. It's a. It's a joke. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi, Samantha. This is. Hello. <laughs> so I'm Zach from Death Comes Lifting, and this is uh, who you've been talking to, my buddy Schuler. We're so stoked to have you on here. Thank you for doing this. Oh, yeah. 
Thank you. <laughs> very, very, very good to meet you. We were just talking about uh, the new record. Obviously, we're going to talk quite a bit about that today. Uh, Frozen Soul full length record just dropped like what two weeks ago. Um, how are you guys feeling? Uh, What's that? A little over a week ago. Um, feels pretty surreal, honestly. <laughs> it's a uh, really weird uh the reception that it's getting has like been extremely positive and it's really wild <laughs> to see everybody like kind of go nuts about it so well what's the secret <laughs> why is everybody going nuts about it i mean we know it's awesome it's old school death metal it's the shit we love but it seems like you guys are getting a, a ton of love right now it's, it's awesome we're happy for you but what what can you attribute that to um i'm not really sure i mean honestly like I know we did the old school thing, but like, you know, Bolt Thrower is a huge influence of ours. And it's like, we're kind of doing a continuation of that in our own right. And um, I think people see it and realize it and love it. And that's kind of like why we've been so successful. So, and I mean, we have a badass uh, live show too. Um, I know we haven't gotten to play in a while, but um that really helped us out in the beginning as well. So, um, I'm intrigued. What's the live show all about? I, I should have looked up video. I'm sorry. I've never seen you guys play live. So, um, well, we have a snow machine. Fuck yeah. No big deal. <laughs> Just a fucking um, machine. <laughs> that's sick. Uh, <laughs> that we've got, you know, the lights, uh, we've got a fog machine, um you know people stage dive and it's just it's really wild at our shows it's very like up close and personal um so i don't know it's kind of one of those things where you have to kind of be there to experience yeah. it if you aren't a fan before you will be like after you see us so it's very intense love it one of the and i'm sure that once you guys get to play all the new shit from the record this is going to come out even more but one of the things that i have just continuously been sticking with me with listening to to crypt of ice is that there's not a fucking throwaway riff on that record yeah. like not only is it really of course it's heavy and you're right there's definitely a lot of love for bolt thrower and sort of the old school sound and death metal right now definitely like a resurgence of that kind of style uh, but at the same time, like, it seems like there is such a focus on good songwriting on this record. Um, and I think that yeah. that's one that really makes it stand out. And one of the things that's probably, that's definitely one of the things that you can attribute kind of the, the success of, of the band to, or at least the record to, I think, because like this shit sticks in your head, like pop radio songs. It's incredible. Yeah, we kind of, uh like to write really beefy riffs so like um just real catchy um simple like our motto is like keep it simple stupid like um so like the simpler the better and um i don't know like you don't have to be like like all the time like i mean just some simple fucking riffs like do the trick and get everybody going and i don't know that's like kind of our thing and it seems to work so (laughs) Do you see yourself getting a lot of newer fans or younger fans because of that that maybe aren't so familiar with death metal? I feel like you guys are a super accessible band that could maybe turn some kids on to extreme, the whole world of extreme metal and, you know, deeper cuts and stuff like that. Do you see that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like our uh, fan base, I mean, it's it's a pretty wide range, but I have noticed like a lot of really young kids. Like, I mean, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like as young as like 15 sometimes that are like reaching out to me and trying to talk to me about music and stuff. And that's pretty badass. So um, hopefully, I mean, they can be exposed to other bands that we've been influenced by, you know, from listening to us and whatnot. So it's pretty sick. Great. For sure. And one of the things, I don't know which part to lead with, but like you and I have spoken a little bit on instagram about sort of like growing up in the south in kind of like rural areas i i'm pretty sure that's this that's your background right um one of the things one of the things that i 
uh, that gets me, that got me so excited, like when I was in high school. And to be honest, it still does if I find an actual record store that carries new releases, is finding something that I haven't heard of that's got like a Century Media logo on the back of it. Like growing up, I always knew that I could trust that label. I didn't buy anything from them that I didn't think ruled. And like, you guys are a part of that tradition now. And I think that that is super rad. Um, but like, tell me a little bit about like what your your journey into finding heavy music was like. Like, it's cool now to have kids reaching out to you on social media. But like, you know, w- when I was kind of coming up and I think you and I are close to the same age, like social media was definitely a thing, but it was not as far reaching as it is right now. Uh, so what was your journey into heavy music like? Um, well, I basically... I mean, I wasn't really around anybody who listened to heavy music. I don't have any older siblings that kind of like showed me the way or whatever. So I really had to seek that out. And um, I remember hearing uh, Metallica for the first time on the radio. And I was like, this is so sick. (laughs) Like, what is so sick? I was pretty young. I was probably like 10 or 11. And I was in my dad's car. And um, I was like, oh, my God. And then... um, you know, like Blockbuster was the thing back then. And they had more generic releases and shit like that. But, um, you know, there was a CD warehouse and it was quite a journey to try to like get over there at a young age. So I'd have to like either beg my parents or get a ride from my older like friend or whatever. But um, CD warehouse was kind of like the place where I'd go and they had this like little tiny metal section. And like, I would just every week try to like get one CD or whatever and I'd listen to it and then I'd like read the credits on the back and I'd be like okay well here's Crowbar here's you know you know whatever Cannibal Corpse and whatnot and um, I just slowly start checking those bands out and I kind of figured out what I did and didn't like like really early on Um, so that was kind of it was like a weird like kind of experimental thing Um, just kind of would grab whatever I thought looked kind of badass because nobody really told me anything um and the internet wasn't really big at that time I mean it was there but I mean it wasn't like it is now so um so yeah CD CD warehouse was such a magical place wasn't it hell yeah it was (laughs) I we had one so I grew up in South Arkansas and there was a CD warehouse in Little Rock and when I it was it's like a two-hour drive and I don't remember going up there specifically for that but that was always a treat to get to stop by the CD warehouse when we were up there I ended up working at that same store later after I moved to Little Rock but like that little metal section always had some cool shit in it and it always seemed like the joke that I made and and I continue to make this with places that I look out now is that like there must have been like a super dope sick person with like sick fucking taste in music who was just like desperate to get rid of something there's like (laughs) I can't think of any other reason that these fucking records would be discarded by anybody but like that's something that I really, really miss about that time. And not to say that there's not cool experiences with music stores now. If anything, I think it might be even more special because they're rarer. But going to a place like CD Warehouse, finding some shit that you weren't familiar with, and then playing that little guessing game, like about whether or not it's going to be good, you know, based on the label or based on the art. That shit was so much fun, man. Yeah, that was, and when you found something too, it was like when you found a CD that was just like, I don't know, like super sick to you or whatever, you just loved it. It was like, that was, it was like you found like a diamond in the rough. Cause like yeah. I didn't anybody else who listened to that stuff. So like when I found out about Dying Fetus, I was like, oh my God, this is the heaviest shit I've ever heard. And then like Mortician and then like Cannibal Corpse and like all this other shit. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is so heavy. And it just like progressed from there. And um, then when I found out you could actually trade in CDs to get more CDs, that just became like this huge spitball thing. And I've got a ton of CDs, like it's ridiculous. So, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, that's awesome time for me growing up. and then like, you know, growing, getting older, I found like a few people that listen to, you know, obviously Pantera because they're from Fort Worth and, sure. you know, Southern metal stuff. But, uh, you know, the really extreme, like heavier things mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of just my doing. I That was like a little 
I I kind of thought of it like a secret, I guess. I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is mine. And then I found other people like as I moved away and moved from that place that liked it. So, um, but yeah, that was really badass. CD Warehouse was sick. Um, I mean, where I'm from, like country music reigns supreme. So it's just really, uh, (laughs) it's kind of brutal out here. And that was, it was kind of the, it was very similar for me growing up. And when you say like that, you, you kind of kept it to yourself, like it was a secret. I remember like getting to the edge of not giving a fuck, but still being in high school and listening to that kind of music and being like, I don't know if I need to tell, you know, my girlfriend that I listened to a band called Dying Fetus or like, I don't need, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like you, it, at that point, you are still kind of guarded about the extremity of that kind of shit and again like that's that's the kind of stuff that still makes me excited about death metal today is finding something that pushes the envelope in like a creative way um and it still makes me feel like like i'm doing something dangerous you know yeah for sure but like so where along this along this journey did you start getting interested in playing music well um i kind of dabbled with it here and there um like I had gotten a guitar really early on, but never really like took it seriously. Um, it was just kind of a thing that I just kind of messed around with. But um, I really started buckling down in the last few years um, and trying to play like bass seriously. I mean, I picked it up in I guess summer of 2018, um, nice. and then like joined a black metal band um, that dissipated but I had kind of like cut my teeth with them, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, then Frozen Soul started being a thing and then we recorded the demo and then it just kind of snowballed from there. So um, so I really, I mean, I've always been kind of interested in playing it. I just never could find people serious about it or like people yeah. that were, I mean, uh, reliable. I mean, it's, I don't know. I had like a really weird little girl band back in high school and it was like the worst shit on the planet. Uh, <laughs> awesome. uh, I like drew the, can I curse on here? Am I allowed oh, to? Yeah. Or no? oh, okay. <laughs> um, we were called Thundercunt. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Fuck yes. I drew, I drew the logo like Metallica and it was like me and like two other girls. Nobody knew how to play their instruments. It was just really, really bad. I kind of modeled it after Kitty and I was just like, man, this is never gonna happen. <laughs> so. I, I gotta, I gotta tell you though, I saw Kitty in like 2001 at, actually it was in Dallas. It was at the Bronco Bowl. Oh, okay. And uh, they, I can't remember who they were supposed to be with Killswitch Engage, and it was like right after the first singer quit the band, but so they mm-hmm. weren't there. But uh, I only, I only bring this up to say that Kitty blew my fucking mind live back then like they owned everybody on the stage one of the heaviest fucking shows i had seen up to that point was really impressive yeah especially back in the early 2000s too i can imagine that was pretty like i mean with that that's like the original lineup era i believe so they they had just they had just lost I think it was one of the guitar players and there was a, there was a dude playing guitar. And I remember being like, Who's, this, this is wild. I don't know if he was in the band for that long. He might've just been filling in, but uh, they tore the fucking stage up. I also on the bill that night was shadows fall and they were touring of one blood and that shit blew my mind. Like that was a fucking awesome time. I saw like a, you know, Dallas was very much the, the big city that we would go to where I grew up. It was like a four hour drive. Um, and I saw, I went to Ozfest in 99 at the, oh. it was called like the Smirnoff Amphitheater at mm-hmm. that point or the yep. Starplex or something. And um, saw it again in 2001. I saw Dio Sabbath there in like 2005. It's fucking sick. And one of the cool things about Dallas, I think is, is you, you mentioned Pantera earlier. And I, I think it goes beyond that. There's very much like, a Texas and a Dallas scene that I mm-hmm. think is still very individualized in a way that scenes have kind of dissipated due to the internet and other places. Like how, how was it, you know, sort of getting to tap into that and maybe growing up around it to an extent, but also being a part of it now? Um, there's definitely a Texas metal scene for sure. Um, 
like where I grew up, it was about an hour and a half away from like Dallas and Fort Worth. So that was like a trek for me yeah. to go to show stuff. Um, that was like an all day thing. Yeah. And, uh, but like, you know, as I got a little bit older, I started meeting metal heads that like, you know, Pantera, Metallica, uh, Switch Engage, all that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, so we'd go to these shows and like the camaraderie uh, with that. Like I went to a couple Ozfests. Um, that mm-hmm. was so fun for me as a teenager. Um, there's definitely like a very, it's like a bond. I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah. You always like respect another like Texas metalhead. Like you're like, hey, what's up? You know, <laughs> and uh, you always try to support any kind of bands, you know, that are blowing up or coming out of Texas. So like growing up around that, like that was sick. I've had, I have a lot of really good memories with my homies and stuff. And uh, now, especially, um, I mean, it's been so long since I've been to a show, but it's just, it's so much fun. Like I miss shows so much. And I mean, just seeing everybody I know and everybody I you know play with and stuff. And it's just, it's just sick. It's just like party time. And <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's just badass. No, it's tight. Um, it is. It's. It's. It is very much its own thing. And that's growing up next to Texas. I always got that vibe. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't seem to have in Arkansas. There was like a camaraderie there. Um, but one of the um, one of the things you know, you you mentioned earlier that you guys hadn't been able to play live in a long time. Obviously, a lot of people haven't been able to do that. Um, have you guys given any consideration, or have you? Maybe you've done one already. I'm not sure. I, I, not been on on top of it as I maybe should have been but would you guys consider doing like a live stream like a lot of other bands have done assuming things don't sort of snap back into normalcy magically sometime in the next couple of months um that depends when is this coming out (laughs) when is this thing coming out oh shit maybe we need to (laughs) do we need to back up a little bit we can any by the way anything that we talk about and Zach you might want to mark this down. I got it already marked, dude. I'm on top of things. All right. Any Anything uh, that we talk about that, like, you don't want to go on, just say so, and we can cut it out? Yeah. This will be out okay. the end, by the end of the week, though. I usually put these, put it out the same week. Okay. So. Okay. Um, so I will just go ahead and say it then. Uh, we've already filmed a live stream. Um, oh, shit. And- really really big deal it's coming out the 29th we're making the announcement so it's in 10 days um so if you can hold off on that then that would be superb um no problem we're excited to see it man that's awesome yeah for sure well it was i'll just talk about it if it's going to come out after because it was a it was a very laborious thing for us um i bet this all out of pocket um we actually filmed in an industrial freezer uh so <laughs> you guys are committed it was insane what'd you say i said you guys are yeah <laughs> there was unfortunately no ac in the freezer so it was just an abandoned industrial freezer but um yeah we like uh got devourment they're uh you know some local buddies of ours too um Ooh, yeah to film a set as well and creeping death so basically we rented out this it's called central arts uh it's a really awesome place our buddy cedric runs it and he has built a stage in there and it's like kind of like an art thing and live music venue and he had this big ass freezer back there and um we were like hey dude can we film in that (laughs) and he was like sure um so back in october we went ahead and um just filmed a set in there and like did props and all kinds of shit and uh it's only i think available on vhs so it's it's nutty like i mean we've got like uh god century media relapse um e1 so all three of those labels have agreed to this there's like a cover made there's special um merch for this drop too so we've been kind of keeping it like pretty quiet (laughs) um but it's about to come out so it's gonna be sick dude that is that's fucking awesome i can't wait like i i've really enjoyed the live streams that i've watched so far and i do feel like 
as much as everybody wants to, you know, as much as bands want to play live and as much as people want to go back to shows, I do think that years from now, this will be like a really interesting artifact, you know, uh, yes. to have been a part of that in this really weird sort of unprecedented time for live music. I agree. Um, I think like probably five years from now, people are going to go like, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, um, so I think any music that has been made during this time, including our record and mm -hmm. is going to be just like super intense and like just pain laden, basically. I mean, it's fucking all the music that's been coming out lately is just fucking nasty. It's fucking, it's nice. Um, so I mean, all these musicians are cute. You know, we're all cooped up and can't fucking do anything except for write music. So, but um, yeah, uh, this this will be really interesting. Um, this live stream thing, it may be available for like digital purpose on um, purchase, but I'm not really sure right now. There's a lot of shit going on. Um, but 100% VHS. It's going to be on VHS, and then it has its own like case and everything, and it's going to be tight. So that's so cool that you made it like a, like a whole thing, like a whole aesthetic and a package, like for the nerds like us, that's, that's, huge. yeah. 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 It's going to be a very limited run too. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have that in the works. We're actually filming a music video today. Um, that was just brought to my attention two <laughs> days ago. Um, got a lot going on, <laughs> uh, and that will hopefully be out in the next like two months or a month, hopefully. Um, we time the essence with that. So. Yeah, and with you know, you mentioned um, sort of a three label agreement coming into this thing. I can only imagine um, there was a pretty big, pretty or, or actually I don't know, and that's kind of the question here. What was uh, what was sort of the difference between when you guys went in to record the demo, the first um, the Encased and Ice demo, which came out on Maggot Stomp, um, which I on my show played the shit out of. Um, what was sort of the difference in going in to record that versus going in to record a full length record with fucking Century Media behind you? Oh, uh, man, uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, going in to record the demo, I mean, it was like, we were just doing it like, I mean, Slade was the one who originally like recorded us. We had this really shitty jam space we were in at the time. Um, fucking awful. It stunk so bad in there. And uh, we shared it with like all these other bands and it was just a nightmare. And um, he just set up mics, you know, and we mic'd everything up, recorded it, uh, took like a day to record it, you know, made the demo. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Michael sent the like a uh, phone recording to Maggot Stomp and Scott was like, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, sick. Because we love Maggot Stomp. And, and they were like, way tiny back then i mean like maybe a couple thousand followers and um so we've kind of grown with them you know scott too and larry and um which has been it's it's just weird um so going into that the demo it was just kind of real loosey-goosey and just kind of like you know just chilling with my homies and cranking out some music and then with century media like we had gotten signed we had already had some songs like kind of in the bag, you know, that weren't like super polished yet. And then they were like, cool, can you have this record done in like, you know, two months? And we we're like, what? And so <laughs> it was very, um, very stressful. Um, and then not only that, like the budget for that was obviously a lot more. So it was like, okay, well, we can take our time but also it's like time is of the essence and that was right when lockdown was starting so it was like just chaos like I just I'm trying to think back to that time and I'm like I just remember like puking like my nerves were so shot like I was like out of work in work didn't know what was going on with the pandemic like the boys were all stressed out and then um we had just gotten Chris on with you know frozen soul so like you know we were 
not feeling him out, but he was still relatively new to us. So it was just all this new stuff kind of getting thrown at us too. And then uh, time limits with everything. Like you have yeah. to have this done. Got to have album art done by this time. And um, so it was pretty stressful. Um, it was a lot more intense. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It was very like, you know, I had to get, um, uh, I had a pedal uh, from Lone Wolf that got sent to me to use on the record. And like, I had to have that. I had to have specific things that I needed to use to record. And like, you know, with the demo, like nobody gave a fuck about that. Shit. It was just like, cool. Am I in tune? Maybe like, I don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> ever. Um, so yeah, it was definitely more uh, professional and polished because it had to be, you know, for the, yeah the new record so um i don't know it was just it was a stressful time um well it's it's super cool to see you know a, a, a band like you guys who i don't know i i like having sort of watched I, I feel like i got in on the ground floor with frozen soul which is pretty cool but i i do think <laughs> that it's it's pretty tight to watch the resources of a label like century media behind you guys and i'm really hoping that that is a long and fruitful relationship. Um, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be, but let's, so let's go back to the, the, the puking chaos period that you mentioned earlier. Um, you, you had a sort of a touch and go situation with work and you are a tattoo artist. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Hmm. I need Sweet. Some work. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that job. I, I mean, like, I know that already that you're a tattoo artist and if i'm in fucking dallas and you're if i can book you i certainly will at some point um but like tell us a little bit about that career like how do you do you do you enjoy it are you uh are you back to regular work in the quarantine like what's what's up with that um i am back to regular work schedule um for sure um i love it it's like i I love art. I've been doing art since I was a little kid. So um, drawing and painting and stuff. So um, I haven't been tattooing very long. And um, I basically started my apprenticeship at the same time I joined Frozen Soul. Um, oh. I mean, I my apprenticeship at the beginning of 2019. And then um, I had a really big issue with the person I was apprenticing under. Um, she actually assaulted me. So I left that shop and uh, was kind of disheartened for a minute, got in at another shop. They let me practice on, you know, people and stuff for like six months. So I officially became a, a tattoo artist and uh, probably October, November of 2019. So I've been tattooing a little over a year and a few months, I guess. Um, so that's been a really wild ride uh, too, because it's like, I have two careers that are kind of growing. Yeah. And I'm learning as I go in both of them. So that's also kind of stressful because nobody taught me how to tattoo. I just kind of fucking learned. Um, so I love doing it though. But yeah, like... We, we had to go into lockdown on March 17th of last year. And then, you know, I was out of work for about two and a half months. Um, no pay, no income and bills still coming out. And it was just like, so stressful. <laughs> like it was just a nightmare. And, um, you know, nobody knew when we were going to be able to come back to work. And it was like, I wasn't getting any help. So it was just really chaotic and depressing and then um you know we got signed and it was like all around that same time and it was just like cool like <laughs> 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 straight now but like that's sick <laughs> um what, what's the uh you you know you're you're back to work now what's sort of the vibe in texas with covid restrictions right now is is everybody just sort of in full fuck it mode or do you guys have any kind of restrictions in place or what uh my shop definitely does um there is certain like laws that have or restrictions that have to be upheld for tattoo shops a lot of people don't give a fuck but um <laughs> you know as a tattoo artist, if I get sick, I just don't get paid. So it's like, I really don't want to get sick. Um, right. 
you know, I wear my mask all the time. Everybody that works up there is required to like, we limit people. Like there's only one person per artist right now, no groups. Um, mm -hmm. that pisses a lot of people off. And it's like, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic, like get a grip. <laughs> like you don't have to watch Kelsey get her nose pierced, like chill. Um, <laughs> and it's just, uh, <laughs> I don't know it's just weird like you get people that are like i'm not wearing my fucking mask and it's like mm -hmm. well you have to. it's a mandate it's a state mandate so just fuck off then like i don't care and then you have other people that are like they won't come in because they're so nervous about it they've been quarantined this whole time and you know they want to go out and get a tattoo but they're just like or they'll make an appointment and they're like eh, i'm scared and it's like okay whatever yeah. so i don't know it's like it's just a weird thing. We, we take extra precautions, like sanitizing everything. Like, um, I have this stuff called Matticide. It literally kills anything right. it touches. Um, I usually soak my entire station and mop in between clients. So just to make everybody feel better. Um, well, about and it, it does seem like a, a tattoo studio is like, I, so I got a tattoo back in June um and it was the the first one that i've ever gotten that wasn't done by somebody in a less than professional setting to put it one way um <laughs> and, and like in my in my decision to do that i was i was kind of in that latter camp that you were talking about where i was like man i'm nervous i don't know if i want to do this or not with the pandemic going on and everything and then i thought about it and was like with as much care as they have to take in tattoo studios anyway, it's probably safer in there than it is in like a fucking hospital, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, we wipe down, we have to wipe down everything anyway with like yeah. the mask side and that literally kills AIDS. It kills everything, any kind of disease pretty much. Um, and we just take, we're taking the extra precautions. So, I mean, you can't even step foot in there unless you have a mask on. And nice. like, um, you have to sanitize your hands immediately as soon as you come in, like pins get wiped down. There's specific stations for everything. And like, in my opinion, it's probably safer than a hospital um, in that regards, because there's not a bunch of people, you know, being crammed in there that are yeah. already sick or whatever. And we have COVID forms now too. So you have to sign a waiver saying like, you don't have any symptoms. You don't have any like, you know you haven't been sick recently and all that kind of shit so um it's a little stressful sometimes um you know we had somebody get sick recently up there so we had to shut down for a little bit and it's just been a mess this year have you, <laughs> but, uh, have you given any have you given any covid related tattoos <laughs> no no i have not so like at the at the beginning of this, me and my horrible cynical friends were like making jokes about it. That's probably going to sound super fucking inconsiderate now. But like I was going to get we were all going to get boomer consumer tattooed on us somewhere. Um, yeah. And that kind of makes me wonder, like and then I've also seen this design of the South Carolina flag because like I live in South. I'm in D.C. right now, but I, I live in South Carolina most of the time. And covid there is just an absolute fucking disaster like it's 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 a plague like wasteland but God. um one of the things that i thought would be an interesting tattoo to sort of commemorate this fucked up time in my life is to get like a tattoo of a of a south carolina flag with like a covid virus in the place of the top <laughs> of the palm tree and i'm wondering if anybody else is like considered something interesting like that to mark the occasion i've had a few people ask me like if I had any designs, cause I've seen some, you know, it's like a toilet paper roll and yeah. like you know, mask, like a traditional style mask, you know? Um, yeah. but this whole year has been such a giant piece of dog shit. I don't really know if I would want to tattoo somebody to commemorate that or anything. <laughs> so, I mean, if they wanted to, yeah, sure. But I, I probably wouldn't as this last year has been so shitty. So, but, um, yeah, no COVID style tattoos. Uh, maybe when everything's over, it'll probably happen. Like I survived, you know, 2020 or whatever the fuck, or COVID 19. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. 
Well, since we've had such a crazy, stressful year and all and all that, uh, all that stuff, we're awesome to see you're coming out of that now and doing great in there in both of your careers. But you, is it safe to say that that went into the record and you kind of can have that to look back on in a few years and think, fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah, like like how I was saying earlier, like how everything was, uh, all the music coming out is just like super nasty right now and sick. Like everybody is feeling like stressed and pain and, you know, missing loved ones. Like I haven't seen my family in like pretty much a fucking year. And, um, so like, yeah, some people, I forget some people are like at home and they haven't even like hugged anybody or seen anybody in a long time. And, um, you know, I think that really affects people mentally and it definitely affected us on the record on recording. I mean, we were just max level stressed, all of us. And, uh, it is a mean ass record. And I think it comes across as such. Um, I think we conveyed that pretty good. So (laughs) I think it will definitely be like, a little time capsule of this era and like god damn what a rough year and yeah it just kind of came out like that in my opinion so yeah it'll be special i think that's pretty sweet yeah it's pretty sick yeah what we've we've talked a couple of times and you've mentioned a couple of times that there's a lot of really angry heavy shit coming out right now what um what are you listening to lately like what's some new shit that and feel free to like plug some texas bands if you want to but what are you listening to right now um, actually, uh, Celestial Sanctuary sent me their new, uh, record. It, they sent me a private link for it. That shit is sick. Um, yeah. he said at the end of March, it'll come out. Um, I think at the 26th, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, I've been like really bumping that like the last like two weeks. Um, the new single from uh, Sanguasuga Bog is real good. Um, that's fucking nasty. Um, yes. Yeah, Undeath put out a really good record. Um, I don't know, like, people send me all these demos and, like, just weird one-off, like, things that they've recorded. Uh, I mean, like, probably hundreds now at this point. <laughs> and so it's just, like, Jeez. I just threw them and kind of listen as I like drive to work or whatever and it just like everybody in the underground and that's like in this community is just really putting out some good shit recently um I kind of have been dialing it back from listening to like heavy heavy stuff lately um I don't know it's what 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 else do you listen to what do you listen to when you're not listening to heavy shit this is always an interesting conversation yeah um drab majesty a lot oh yeah um, they're sweet i like drab majesty i've been listening to candle mass a lot lately oh, um, yeah. black sabbath of course um i've kind of been like you know listening to this like electronic bullshit stuff <laughs> at work because not everybody wants to listen to death metal at work so yeah shocking. Uh, so, you know, we're going to have to have a happy medium. So it's usually like this, like weird electronic crap, um, or drab majesty. Like, I guess that's like shoegaze cold wave stuff. Um, so anything really in that genre, I'm usually working when I'm listening to music and I don't see or hear what's like the actual band. It's just like a radio stuff. Just like stuff in that genre generally. And I work like at least 12 hours a day. So, um, Jesus. yeah, it's, uh, I'm pretty tired. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. You tattoo 12 straight hours? Not straight. I usually try to take a break, but like, um, because I'm still like pretty new at tattooing, I'm, I'm still kind of slow in speed. Um, okay. and then sometimes like, you know, the client that you're tattooing needs a break um, or their blood sugar drops. So they need to get something to eat. Mm-hmm. So that kind of puts you back. But I try to schedule, I try to do block scheduling. So I'll do like four hours for somebody, hour break, four hours, and then, you know, whatever, clean up time. Yeah. Um, so it, it usually ends up being a pretty fucking long day on Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, those are my longest days. Uh, She's been letting us leave kind of early lately, but usually it's around 10, 10 to 12 hours. I'm up at work. And that, so 
that seems like the kind of gig that you can keep and also tour, right? I think so. I've had a couple people reach out to me and be like, hey, if you ever want to swing by and, you know, do some appointments while you're in this city, um, Sophia, um, she's from South Carolina or North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, she owns a tattoo shop out there and she was like, anytime you want to come by and you know, make a little bit of extra money while you're out here on tour, like you can. That's I just fucking... don't... do what I said. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's sick. I just don't know if I would want to lug all my stuff around. Um, it's already pretty cramped in the fucking van. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, how many, how much touring have y'all done so far? I, I, obviously not recently, but I know you guys went out on the road last year for a little while, right? I mean, I'm not now last year, yeah. but 20. Yes. Um, we, our last tour that we did was in January of last year. And that was with still bearing hand. Um, and we did it at like a North run. Um, so we were up in New York and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we've done one, two, three, three full tours. Nice. Um, so like this was actually, can I show you this real quick? Hold on. My room is a train wreck. Can I, uh, oh yeah, here it is. Sorry. So this was the very first tour that we did, and I actually did the, the flyer for it, but it That's was fucking artwork. times, <laughs> and uh, so that was 2019, this was one, two, three, four, five, six dates, and that just about killed us, because we had to cram two bands into one van with all the gear, and uh, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> that was stinky, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Now, who, so how many members do you share with End Times, or is it still the case, or? Uh, man, End Times is really on hiatus right now. Um, oh, okay. So, I mean, Chad was playing drums in End Times, then he kind of moved to vocals. Uh, Michael played guitar. Daniel, who recorded our album, is the guitarist in End Times. Uh, then I was, like fucking with the idea of playing bass for end times but it was just too much for me at that time so trey pemberton um he's the bass player for creeping death he's the bass player uh for end times so pretty much all the members <laughs> uh, except for you know me and chris essentially and matt um it's it was kind of an alternating thing for a while and then um frozen soul started getting more traction so in times kind of went by so are you are you playing with anybody else or are you i mean obviously it's kind of a weird question to ask right now because nobody i I don't know how many people are branching out or not but it seems like a lot of a lot of musicians um have been filling their time by like starting other projects and doing other sort of stuff on their own like on their own time outside of their main bands um you're you're doing anything like that or yes or no or no um i had i was starting like a very small black metal project i was trying to do a solo thing and that was around the same time as uh the demo had came out and i had a bunch of crap recorded and had the album cover going and everything and then i just never did anything with it because i just got so busy with work and frozen soul um I'm not really doing anything currently. I would like to try to finish that at some point, but those uh, files are all gone. Uh, my phone got ruined, so they're all gone. But um, I can re-record them at some point. But um, yeah, I'm not. I don't really have the mental energy right now to even try to pursue something else. Like Frozen Soul takes up so much of my time and uh, work and whatnot. So. Well, and like that's one of the things that I've that I've noticed and it's kind of like at this point is like blatantly fucking offensive to me is is everybody who is taking this this approach to the, the pandemic. Like if you don't come out of this speaking a new language or having created two new pro I'm like, I'm fucking tired, man. And I'm yeah. fucking depressed. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of attitude, uh, it gets really old. It's like people have mental health issues. And I mean, yeah. the suicide rate during this pandemic, I mean, like, people are fucking depressed. And when you're depressed, you don't really want to sit there and try to fucking learn something new or try to pursue something else. You're just trying to get by. Yeah. And 
that's kind of where I've been at. It's like, I've, I've been clinging on to tattooing and frozen soul so heavily because those are the things that are getting me through this right now. And that give me hope. And, um, I just can't invest in anything else right at this point. I'm just mentally at limit. <laughs> I'm really tired. So, um, yeah, I think that attitude is kind of shitty. I mean, and maybe if you're like a soccer mom that like doesn't fucking do anything, you stay at home, like uh, you should probably learn a new language or something or uh, get a new hobby. But, uh, yeah, most musicians, I mean, they're trying to write stuff. Like, I think that's kind of like shitty for people to ask too. They're like, if I don't see a new record from you guys, you know, and it's like, what are you doing? Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Exactly>. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I think everybody is just doing the best that they can right now. So it, and I, that really, that really is, and that that's kind of part partly what this podcast was born from. We started doing this when we both had more time on our hands regarding uh, our, our time on our hands due to the pandemic and sort of our respective endeavors getting put on ice, but one of the things that we have been able to talk about with pretty much everybody who's come on this show, which I, I think is great, is just like how how important the spotlight on mental health has become for a number of people who are into this kind of music and who, who are into this kind of life who don't necessarily, who might not have necessarily put as much emphasis on that in the past. And I, one of the things that I do hope is positive when, when we move forward um, after this is sort of being a, a community that that puts more emphasis on just how important mental health is uh, because this you know like you said it's it's really amazing or it's really it's really good I think to have something to latch on to like in your case tattooing in your band um, and when I think about people who, who maybe just don't have anything at all or who maybe aren't as invested as they would like to be in something that fills their time during this time. It, it sucks, man. Like I, I, I hate that. Yeah. I think too, like music, like that's why music coming out during this time has been really like <sighs> popping off is because people are very uh, depressed. They're very alone. You know, they have this sense of aloneness right now. And, you know, like, with frozen soul it's bringing this like camaraderie like i mean there's a there's a fucking facebook group that got started and you know it's that's like wild to me like of frozen soul fans and um you know about the posting funny memes and like cool shit like that or whatever and variants of the record and like that gives people something like to cling on to and like you know maybe they can make a new friend out of that and that's sick and like I don't know. This is, it's like a really weird time for music and it's a really good time. So like, I think music is really helping people out, but um, I feel like mental health in general right now, like everybody is pretty, pretty much at their limit. So like everybody just needs to kind of be like kind to each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, yeah. yeah why we do this yeah. and that's why it's important that you talk about it you know our focus at death comes lifting right now is all mental health and you know we're we're wellness based too but you know to hear someone like yourself that's been you were struggling being laid off from work and all this and like look at you now you know you pull through it's important that people hear that so you know thanks for sharing and that's uh yeah. that's important yeah. yeah that's all no question just wanted to compliment <laughs> <laughs> well okay so we as as we end, as we near the end of the podcast, because I know I know you've got the the video to shoot, um, which is really exciting. We uh, we have a question that we ask everybody at the end of each episode of Lifts and Riffs, and you already have have mentioned it. Uh, so I'll be very interested to see where this goes. But uh, Zach, do you want to do the honors? Please, sir. Um... Samantha, what is your favorite Black Sabbath record? Uh, Master of Reality, I guess. Respect. Solid choice. Respectable. The heaviest. It is. You can never really go wrong with Master of Reality. Is, uh, is Black Sabbath, so 
the Black Sabbath sound and sort of the that bluesy um, the the bluesier elements that have been lifted by a lot of southern metal bands like Crowbar and I Hate God that obviously played a huge role in me getting into heavy music when I was younger just because of where I grew up. Um, was Sabbath like a big band for you early on? Oh, for sure, like one hundred percent. That was the one that everybody like kind of. Like when you would read uh, shit and like Metal Hammer and like all these magazines are like, oh, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. And like, nice. so like yeah, they've got to be good. And, you know, you go get, you know, a couple records and none of them are fucking bad. So you're just like, damn, this band is sick. And um, I mean, we listen to Black Sabbath up at work like every fucking day. Um, awesome. But yeah, one of the great, like they're up here <laughs> for Absolutely. me. They're, they're the best. Absolutely. Yeah can't can't really compare them to anybody else and they like have literally influenced everyone so i mean everybody and yeah. um yeah that's why it's such an important question that's why we ask it to everybody you know you get insight from everybody's different experience with black sabbath it's huge hell yeah 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 that's not, i mean i think everybody's first time uh like playing shit on the guitar like the first riff you learn is like right. the iron and intro <laughs> like yeah. you know of course Children of the Grave uh, was mine. That was when I, before I, before I abandoned the guitar because I, I got one when I was young and I was like, all right, I've had this thing for a week and I can't fucking play Interstate Love Song yet, so I quit. <laughs> well, that's a sick well, song too. <laughs> now that you uh, play bass, seriously, you know, do you ever, uh, you know, take a look back at those records and see what Geezer was doing and stuff, and have a have a new appreciation for it or anything like that? Are you influenced by by him at all? Um, I mean, again, I think everybody is pretty much influenced by any member of Black Sabbath for right. the most part. Um, you know that fucking fuzzy ass bass tone, like yeah. for me, having a my goal with like my bass tone is to have the most like disgusting, like nasty sound. Um, you achieve that. Yes. Like for them, it was more fuzzy. Cause I mean, they were like, you know, they pretty much invented heavy metal. So, I mean, it's like, they were kind of setting the standard and then everybody kind of branched off of that. So, I mean, but that whole fuzzy, like non-clean bass tone is like fucking sick. And, yeah. um, you know, I try to just have, you know, a nasty tone, like pretty much from that. Um, obviously, I'm not as experienced or as good as Geezer, but. Yeah, I think that uh, he's been in the game for a while. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, thank you so very much for giving us some time out of your day. It was great to finally talk to you face to face. Um we absolutely would love to have you back on sometime. Again, we are both huge fans of the new Frozen Soul record, Crypt of Ice. We wish you guys nothing but the best uh, moving forward. And I really hope that this is just the beginning of, of hearing a shitload of music from y'all. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate y'all having me on. And um, yeah, anytime y'all want to uh, hit any of us up to be back on, we'd love to hop back on. So. Be awesome. Uh, Thank you so much. Have a, have a good time with the video. We'll talk soon. Have fun. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Bye. What a <laughs> person. What a good person. He's awesome. Yeah, dude. That was awesome. He is, man. And, you know, it's, it's so cool to see. I don't know. I don't know how to put it. She just, she, I think that every now and then, and maybe not so much with death metal. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass right here. But I think after somebody's been doing something or been with a band long enough, they kind of get to where talking about their music kind of becomes insincere. Like not necessarily that their music is insincere, but like you do a billion interviews, you do all this shit and eventually it gets kind of tired. And it, it's so cool talking to somebody who's still so excited about this shit, you know, that, that you can just see that coming out of them. Absolutely. And you're excited about it. And we asked the right questions. So like it helps. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a good vibe. We have this is yeah. that was a good vibe podcast. I feel uplifted afterwards. You know what I mean? As do I. And we got a whole bunch more good vibe podcasts lined up, man. Yes, we do. So you guys better check it out. 
we're gonna you think we should we should wait to release this one until they announce the live stream and, and release the one thursday this week that's that's what i suggest that's yes the move for sure because we kind of got we kind of got the jump on that we're kind of a big we deal did, man. we long. got uh we got the we got the scoop we did <laughs> from the fucking <laughs> freezer let's go that's awesome well, you're the man, bro. Thank you. That was, that was awesome. My dude, we will talk on Thursday. Have a good one. Stay safe. Stay warm. We will. All right, bro. You too. All right. Good luck. Love you, man. Love you too. Peace out. Peace.